we're all human. We're all struggling every day with sort of different ways of thinking about things, different things that get touched on as we're going through our day-to-day lives. And the more we can not be led by that, and the more we can sort of catch it in action and see what we need, the more we'll be able to flow in our lives in a way that honors our truest selves rather than sort of being like, oh, God, I thought I figured this out. And now I haven't. And now I'm stuck here. And, you know, feeling like it should look a certain way. Hey, midlifers, welcome to the Midlife Makeover Show. Are you ready to break free from your mundane midlife? Are you feeling trapped in a vicious cycle of rinse and repeat days? No matter if you're experiencing a divorce hangover, job burnout, or you just have the midlife blues, I got you. Hey, I'm Wendy, your hostess of the Midlife Mostess. I too was hit by midlife like a freight train. I too felt stuck in the same dull chapter. I wanted the clarity of how to create a new life beyond divorce and the courage to leave an unfulfilling career. But I kept telling myself that I wasn't worthy and it was just easier to stay in my comfort zone until I found a little secret, the freedom to live my life my way. In this podcast, you will learn how to achieve a vibrant midlife mind and body, how to create solid relationships through love and loss, and how to create an awesome second half of life. Grab your grande latte, pop in your earbuds, and let's get this midlife party started. Everyone, welcome back to the Midlife Makeover Show. I'm so excited to share our guest with you today. She is awesome. Today's guest is Tanya Cole Lesnick. Did I say your name right? You did. Thank you. Okay, good. I forgot to ask you that. Yeah. She is a psychotherapist, licensed clinical social worker, and personal development coach who is focused on helping people to pursue a life that honors their truest selves, is clear of energetic clutter, I love that phrase, and that they are genuinely excited to be living. Yes. She does this by helping her clients to identify the limiting beliefs and behavioral patterns that take up mental space and demand energy, but don't help to move the needle towards growth, meaning, or how they want to feel. Love this. This is what Tanya calls energetic clutter. From there, she helps her clients to heal faulty narratives and change the habits that don't serve them so they are living in alignment inside and out. Tanya's work revolves around a combination of group and individual coaching as she believes that the sharing of inner worlds and being human together in a safe space, collectively and individually, is an incredibly powerful method for lasting transformation. I totally agree. Tanya received her master's degree in social work from New York University in 1995, soon after group therapy changed her life. It changed mine too. She has extensive experience in outpatient hospital mental health, private practice, and wellness center settings. Welcome to the show, Tanya. Thank you, Wendy. I'm so excited to be here with you. Yeah. So so share your story about discovering group therapy. Yeah. Uh, So when I was in my mid-20s, I was struggling to have a long-term love relationship. I knew that I wanted one day to get married and have kids. It was just such a longing that I had. 
but my relationships weren't lasting and I didn't understand. And for a little while, because this was more than 30 years ago, when I thought of the possibility of therapy being an option for me, I would rule it out partly because I felt some stigma, um, although this was New York City, so it was the place where therapy was the most accepted during that time, but also partly because I dismissed my problems. I was like, ah, this is not a reason that people go to therapy for, like, get it together kind of self-talk I had at the time. But when I was still struggling, finally, the pain was enough that I was like, you know what, even if it's not the right place for me to get help, if it helps, I'm going to do it. So I got a few names. I got connected to a wonderful therapist named Bonnie and felt really um, emotionally safe to start telling my story. And that was the beginning of a really healing process. And that was amazing right away. But then she suggested I also add group therapy to it. So she would do both. I would see her individually, but then also attend this group, which sounded crazy to me. The thought of sharing (laughs) my vulnerable stuff with people who at the time were strangers, I was barely sharing it with her. And that was new for me. So, but I was developing some trust in her. She really thought it would be helpful. And it was kind of intrigued. I mean, the thought of it was sort of interesting to me. So I gave it a shot and I started to do the group therapy thing as well. And it was really in that process of starting to be more vulnerable, let myself be seen and let others sort of just connect to others. And I was able to see other people's inner worlds, because that's what we shared with each other. It was so healing. I went into that space thinking maybe the reason I was struggling with a long-term love relationship is because I was unlovable in some way. Mm. So going into the group therapy situation with that possibly being my story was kind of terrifying because I was thinking, ooh, somebody was going to call me out and say, guess what? It is true. Mm. You are unlovable. And so doing that and sort of even facing some difficult truths sometimes, but not crumbling from it and being able to survive it and realizing, oh, wait a minute. It's not that I'm unlovable. I'm just human. And these amazing people that I'm meeting along the way have similar insecurities, but look how amazing they are. So It really helped me change that narrative, show up differently. I stopped curating everything I would put out there to a potential partner because I was so like disembodied. I'd be showing up and then thinking all the time, what am I going to say? What's going to make me look the most attractive? What's the (laughs) coolest thing to say? And I was just not present and not embodied. So that experience helped me really just connect more fully to myself and be more present And I met my husband very soon after I started that process. And he and I just celebrated our 31st wedding anniversary in September. And we have two grown kids. So what brought me to group happened. And fairly early on, it was a journey for sure. But the part I hadn't anticipated was really connecting to myself, learning how to love myself, learning that I had needs and how to get my needs met and what that looked like. And it was because that was so powerful and changed the quality of my life so drastically that I decided 
to go back to school. I was a graphic designer when I first started this, went back to school, um, got my master's in social work and became a psychotherapist first. And now I've been doing more personal development coaching. And here I am dedicating my life to doing that work. That is such a great story. And I was going to ask you if you had gone into therapy like before or after that, had gone into studying therapy and uh, becoming a psychotherapist. That is so cool. And I watched your video on your website, your YouTube video video of that story. And it is mm-hmm. so cool. And, and I remember you saying that like the first few sessions, you were super quiet. Mm-hmm. You didn't speak. And then finally, Bonnie was like, um, what's wrong, Tanya? Yeah. <laughs> and you're yeah. like, Oh, gosh, okay, I guess I'll start speaking up here. Yeah. I mean, I for sure thought, oh, she's going to introduce me to the group. Yes, make this all yes. nice, nice. And when she didn't, I was shocked, first of all. And then I was like, damn, why would she do that? Because yeah. I, <laughs> I had such positive feelings towards her. So I'm sure it wasn't to make me feel bad in that situation. Yeah. But it helped me really honor that I needed to have a voice and to take care of myself. Yeah. So I I had shared with you that I had done group therapy when I was a teenager. Actually, I think I was probably 14 or 15 years old and I started going to Al-Anon meetings and um, I had seen, I wish I could remember her name. Um, I think it was Diana was the therapist that I had started to see. And she had recommended, um, like it was Tuesday nights at seven o'clock, you know, we were, you know, she would have group therapy and I was like, okay. And, and I was so young compared to the rest of them in the group. So I kind of felt like, oh my gosh, I don't, you know, but I tell you, I think what I learned the most is that I wasn't alone Mm -hmm. and that I was a human being being human. You know, it's like, this was all part of it. It was all, it was all okay. Like it made me feel like, okay, maybe I'm not so bad. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with me, you know? Yeah. And I could connect with their stories. I mean, I think as human beings, we connect through story. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that message that you're not alone is the top one. And realizing that you're not alone. um, One of the things that I do in my group is I really very intentionally go with the participants, what's resonating for you when you hear Mm -hmm. somebody else share, because it, it is how we see ourselves and everybody else's story is part of what brings us together. And mm-hmm. so to really. It's, yeah. And it's that. interesting to see how people evolve over time going through that group therapy. Mm-hmm. And I just never like, even when I, I used to teach like weekend work, you know, workshops and just within a 72 hour period, the changes that would happen Mm-hmm. You know, from one person being like super quiet at the beginning of the workshop. And then at the very end, they're the ones that are like, Whoop, dancing around. <laughs> like, wow, what happened? Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So I cool. mean, that's probably, I would be that person, right? Yeah. Like I start out, I'm definitely much shyer. I'm a little bit more on the outside and quiet. And yeah. as I get more and more comfortable in my own skin, I can be more present and, you know, and whatever other people's dynamics are, somebody might show up the opposite where they're, yeah. you know, they show up, they've got a lot to say. It's harder for them to maybe slow down and listen to what's coming from other people. And then they learn how to do that. So we kind yes. of all have our things that a group yeah. can help us mirror back to ourselves, yep. you know, how we show up and, and how do we connect to ourselves? And then ultimately like the other people in our world mm-hmm. in a way that honors 
ourselves and the other people? And what does that look like? Yeah. And I have found that just, especially in the last few years, I'm learning more and more the importance of relationship mm-hmm. and that you learn about yourself through relationship. And it's those relationships that really like push your buttons. Yeah. That you learn the most about yourself. Right. And I mean, I've always said too, it's like something like your greatest um, enemies or it can be your greatest teachers. For sure. Yes. Yeah. I mean, and that's (laughs) the good news and the bad news is your teachers will show up. The bad news is that it can be all very uncomfortable sometimes with some of, you know, what shows up for us in terms of what, what touches us that we realize, oh, maybe I need to look at that. Maybe I need to work on that a bit. Yeah, exactly. And, and also like what you're willing to tolerate and, and learning your boundaries. That's right. Totally. Yeah. 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 Boundaries. And you were mentioning the 72 hour thing. I talk about group a lot, but what's been sort of expanding Mm. in the work that I'm doing is more and more retreat work because I do love that experience of being together for a short period of time, but the power of having that kind of intense connection. I always think retreats are sort of like group on steroids. It's just, (laughs) it's even more intense because it's not as long-term, but yeah. Yes, exactly. It's an intensive group therapy. Yeah. Yeah. And then if you do retreats with repeated with some of the same community, then to be able to see each other's growth over time is pretty amazing too. Yeah. I'm a, I'm a retreat junkie. I love (laughs) Me too. I've been to Kripalu so many times. (laughs) Yeah. I love that place. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, Ooh, just to be able to, um, to meet people, to learn more about myself, learn about others and, and it's just so cool to see um, like where you start with something, you know, like a workshop like that or in group therapy and where you end up. It's just yeah. fascinating. So let's talk more about energetic clutter. Yeah. I love that term. Yeah. So energetic clutter really came to me as I was literally cleaning out my kitchen cabinets and sort of just how physical clutter can actually weigh on us and feel like it just is a waste of space. And it wasn't that the the spices in the cabinet weren't hurting anybody, but it was like they weren't, I wasn't even looking at them for years other than the few that I used. Mm. So just going through it and clearing out that space, it just helped me have a name for what happens to all of us. We all have limiting beliefs that we hold on to from our childhood, certain messaging that we learned along the way. Usually it's childhood. Sometimes in adulthood, we have an intense experience that kind of adds to the narratives that we carry. Mm-hmm. And th- they're are all kinds of them. And we have our own nuanced versions, but there's a lot of common ones that we have. So I'm talking about the limiting beliefs, but it's also the behaviors that are paired with those limiting beliefs. So Mm -hmm. one of the ones I've talked about a lot about my own personal journey is the people-pleasing behaviors Mm -hmm. that I have engaged in and have to be really mindful about. That's the behavior. The limiting belief connected to that is If you're not agreeable, if you don't say yes, then people are going to reject you. You're not going to be loved or somebody's not going to want to work with you or whatever that limiting belief is. And then the behaviors. So it can be really 
triggering to start yes. challenging some of these because they're really touching on some fear that we put the behaviors in place to keep us safe. Yeah. And then when we start to look at them and say, wait a minute, this is not even my belief. I don't even believe this. But when we start to kind of tease it out and change our behavior, it can be really uncomfortable. We have such a similar story because um, I shared with you too, you know, moving into the RV and this process started probably good five years ago. And um, when I started moving out of the house and going through things and starting to question, why do I need this? Why am I having a hard time letting go of this party platter? Yeah. <laughs> Just this, and at that same time, as I was going through this transformation of my life, the divorce, my brother passed away. Like I had a mound of debt I was dealing with. I was unemployed. I was like, oh my gosh. Like it was all so overwhelming. And my thought process was, I was like, well, if I'm going to declutter, mm. let's really declutter, you know? Yeah. And as I was kind of going through the house and you're kind of coming across memories and connections mm. and mm. you do kind of think more about those limiting beliefs and those behaviors. And I did at that same time, directly and indirectly, I guess, that I was decluttering my mind at the same time. Mm. And I did kind of start to think of my mind as like this house that I was cleaning out and this clutter yeah. that it was like, okay, this is not serving me well, you know, mm -hmm. like this, uh, you know, having <laughs> 50 bowls of... <laughs> It was not serving me well. Um, and yeah. having 50 uh, problems of, you know, exes was not serving me well either. You know, it's like, okay, let's simplify, Wendy. Like, let's really get down to where we can live our life my way and not have all that stuff weighing down on me, all that clutter. Yeah, yeah. And, and it's amazing how much yeah. that connects the physical yeah. clutter and the mental yes. clutter. Yeah. Isn't that interesting? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's funny, the the party platter thing. Yeah. For some reason, that uh, that really stuck out to me. And I can remember standing in the closet. I had the, a closet literally reserved just for all my party stuff, for all mm -hmm. my entertaining. Uh -huh. And what it came down to was, I'm like, why am I having a hard time letting go of these gigantic platters? Like, what mm -hmm. am I going to do? I'm like going to haul these things around, you know, and keep yeah. storing them everywhere. And really what it came down to, it was letting go of an old life or a life that I thought that I was going to have, mm -hmm. like, of, I'm going to have all these friends come over all the time and I'm going to be entertaining and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And I was like, <clears throat> and it wasn't really what I wanted. Mm -hmm. I mean, it was kind of what, how my life had led up into that point that I thought it was kind of going into the people pleasing thing. Yeah. Was like, like self worth maybe connected yes, to like, yeah. I've got a lot of people around me. Yeah. I am having fun and I am enjoying everything. Yes, yes. And so I was like, no, it's time to let this go. Mm. Let go of this old life and this old Wendy and and creating someone new. So it's really, really fascinating. And I want to say too, like as far as and I love I do, I love this phrase, energetic clutter. Did you buy the domain? That's <laughs> sure you get the death. I yeah, actually I do that sucker, Tanya. Clear energetic clutter I have. Yeah. 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 But energetic, mm -hmm. okay, energy. And I mean, energy, everything is energy. Yeah. And and I think, you know, it's like emotions is energy in motion. Mm -hmm. And and it's 
it's clearing those emotions, letting those flow through you and really start. I love what you had said too. It's like paying attention and questioning like, okay, the vase. Like, why mm-hmm. do I need this face? Why do I need mm-hmm. this party platter? Why do I need this thought? Is this thought like, I mean, very rarely do we stop and ask ourselves, like, do we question this belief that we hold on to or this thought or this behavior? That's right. That's right. And yeah. what are some of the patterns that are connected to that? Because it's, yeah. you know, if we don't clear it, then we will repeat certain patterns that we're already doing. And so it can be a whole, like, if we start to, maybe feel uncomfortable about saying no, for example, then we can start to ruminate about it. Like, oh, I should say no, but I don't feel comfortable. You know, like that whole thing. You don't have an idea of what the bigger picture is. You can get very stuck on sort of the journey, the little steps in the journey, and then feel like you have to weigh it out every time, which is exhausting. And so if you can say... So for example, with me, and I use the people pleasing a lot just because it's a good example, but like (laughs) just even knowing, all right, I'm going to say no to this thing. Typically I would say, yes, this is new. It's probably going to bring up some discomfort in me. I don't have to follow those thoughts. I know that it's uncomfortable. I know that my thoughts are going to try and sort of pull me in somehow because I'm feeling like, that I'm doing something that touches on a fear, but I've already understood this is an old story. This is part of, mm-hmm. you know, what I'm healing. And so when we know that that's part of our intention, we don't have to believe every thought we have. Yes, exactly. And I feel like for me, like I, it was like becoming my own coach, my own therapist, my own cheerleader, like really talking myself through things. And One thing I love that you said at the end of your video that's on your website, at the very end, you had said like, now when I get triggered, I know what to do, da, da, da. And it's true. Like you don't like the goal is not to end up as a perfect human being. Right. Like, okay, I've arrived. I'm gone. You know, I'm I'm good to go. Like, no, Mm -hmm. you will still get triggered. I still get triggered. I got triggered yesterday and I was like, okay, let's take a moment here. Why are my, why am I feeling this? What's underneath it? Like now I know enough to ask myself, what is underneath this? Like I feel it in my gut. You're like, what is wrong, Wendy? Right. It's like, it's a way in and it's a way of understanding, huh, something's coming up for me. But even what you were saying, like that idea of somehow people figure it out and then they're smooth sailing from then on is, is it happens in our culture. We have this idea that that happens. If we could let go of that and no, no, we're all human. We're all struggling every day with sort of different ways of thinking about things, different things that get touched on as we're going through our day-to-day lives. And the more we can not be led by that, and the more we can sort of catch it in action and see what we need, the more we'll yeah. be able to flow in our lives in a way that honors our truest selves rather than sort of being like, oh, God, I thought I figured this out and now I haven't and now I'm stuck here and, yes. you know, feeling like it should look a certain way. And yes, when it exactly. doesn't. Yeah. yeah. You know, I found too, like, and it's not like you have to going back to that analogy of kind of decluttering, it's not that you have to discover everything that you need that needs to be decluttered, right? Sometimes I I find that there's something that's been bothering you. So like a limiting belief that you have, 
Mm-hmm. Sometimes when you work on that one limiting belief, it's almost like a domino effect. Ooh. And then other behaviors kind of fall away and yeah. other limiting beliefs fall away. And I might, I don't can't think of what it was exactly, but it was maybe like last year. I remember thinking like, wow, I don't even think that way anymore about mm. that or that doesn't trigger me anymore. Oh, interesting. You know, yeah. like, and I didn't even really focus on that issue. Per se. Yeah, but, but it just happened to fall that. away because I worked on other things. That's right. Like the more yeah. you kind of start to look at different layers. Yeah. And I love what you're saying. You don't necessarily have to yeah. dissect every single yeah. layer and focus on every single layer. But that journey of honoring yes. yourself and knowing that there are some beliefs that really are not your truth. And yeah. then some of that will be part of like this organic. Yeah. Unfolding. Yeah. 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 There is a quote that was on your website, which I love. It's one of my favorites. Uh, speaking of, the first time I saw it was at Kripalu in Massachusetts. Ah. Um, and it's by Gandhi. Yeah. Happiness is when what you think, what you say, and what you do are in harmony. Mm-hmm. So why is that one of your favorite quotes? Yeah. I think because when I was really struggling so much before Mm -hmm. my group therapy days, before I realized that I didn't have to curate how I showed up in the world, I would have this experience of saying things Mm -hmm. that were not in alignment, that were not my truth. So I'd be distracted even by these other thoughts that were not part of how it was connecting out there in the world. And I was in a lot of pain during that time. And like I said, I was feeling unlovable, but there was something, I was very busy critiquing myself all the time and, and feeling not great about who I was and how I showed up. And so as I went on my healing journey and started to take more risks and feel a little bit um, safer just to be human and real and to actually see what happened when I did that, which I did meet my husband at that time, people gravitated towards me more because I think energetically I was much more present. And so Mm -hmm. people could connect to me more. So I think it was my own experiences with that being out of alignment and how painful that was that helps me really see like, yes, that resonates. And that feels so important to have that alignment. I feel like, you know, when you're not in harmony with yourself and with the the people around you in the world. And, and again, I think it's not, it's not harmony doesn't mean you're perfect or the people around you are perfect. Your relationships are perfect. But just like Gandhi said, it's what you think, what mm-hmm. you say and what you do are in harmony. Like you're being true to yourself. Like whatever it is, like your beliefs are, is what those words that are coming out of your mouth. Right. Yeah. yeah. That. Yeah. Yeah. And I was just going to say, I don't think you have to like share all the details of your inner world in order to be in harmony. It's not that you say everything necessarily. (laughs) You're allowed to have privacy. You're allowed to be discerning of who gets the privilege of knowing certain things. But it's just that not putting pressure on yourself to like have this facade that is not who you are. That's the, that's, I think, the part that needs work often. Yeah. And I have found for me, like, I don't, I don't feel the need to explain so much anymore. Yeah. The way I used to, I mean, I used to be an over explainer, 
uh, you know, people pleaser, perfectionist, right. you name it, put <laughs> those labels like bam, 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 bam. Yeah. And yeah. it, yeah. And it, those are part of those things did fall away. Like the more mindful I became and I worked on those things. And mm-hmm. one of the biggest aha moments for me was when like one of the issues I had as a child was, was being abandoned. And I realized here it wasn't until like my late forties, but cool. At least I had the realization that I realized I was abandoning myself. Ooh, good. Yeah. And and when that moment happened, I was like, damn it. No, like I'm doing to myself what I feared the most from everybody else in my world. Yep. And once I stopped abandoning myself and actually living up to my true potential yeah, and not being scared to actually make a move because I was afraid of what people would say or think or, and that changed my life. Mm. I was like, I am not, I mean, I kind of was like, again, coaching myself and being my own therapist, my own cheerleader. And, and I'm like, no, we're not going to abandon ourselves anymore. Yeah. It's yeah. not going to happen. I- I love that. And if you use that as like a touchstone, like always to keep coming back, like, how am I doing? Am I sort of supporting my own truth here or not? And that's like all those behaviors that we talked about. The people pleasing behaviors is exactly that abandoning yourself. You're putting other people ahead of you and their needs ahead of whatever your, um, your needs are. I mean, it's fine to say yes to doing something nice for somebody else. But I think what we're suggesting is make sure it's a true yes. Like uh, you're saying yes, eyes wide open. You know Mm -hmm. that this is something you're choosing as opposed to feeling compelled to do it because it's too scary to say no. Yeah. Yeah. And it's good to just check in with yourself, right? We all get busy. Oh my gosh. Mm -hmm. Like, and as a matter of fact, I'm going back to Chicago for like a week, which is where my my therapist is located. Mm-hmm. And I actually feel fine, you know, but yeah. I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to go see her just to um, do a little check in. Yeah. And sometimes when you like you and that's a, such a great gift to give to yourself to mm-hmm. just like, you know what? Let's, you know, whether it's group therapy or individual therapy or retreat, like, oh, yeah. gosh, give yourself that gift yeah. of being able to just absorb all of that, you know, wisdom and to be able to check in with yourself and like, am I okay? Like, yeah. has anything new popped up that I'm not, you know, that I need to declutter? Yeah. Sometimes we think, oh, all the clutter happened, you know, as, as a child or mm. no, I mean, I noticed some of my clutter happened in my previous marriage. Yeah. Like stuff that sure. I picked up. I was like, whoa, that did yeah. not come from my dad. That came from mm-hmm. my marriage. We need to declutter that. And so I think it's good, just like with literally physical, you know, clutter, you yeah. have to, every, you got to keep things tidy and and just check in with yourself. Yeah. Yeah. And I think yeah. just to have that experience of putting yourself out there, hearing yourself yeah. say whatever it is you're sharing with that therapist or whoever you're checking in with, hearing mm-hmm. yourself, having a witness, and we all have blind spots too. And so yeah. just seeing ourselves reflected back to us from somebody else's eyes can just be helpful to yeah. just either reinforce like I'm good. And yeah, that felt yeah. great to kind of really put all that out there. And I can see all these ways that I've grown and 
and that's an amazing experience. And also it could be, yeah, I've grown in all these ways. And I realized this one place I've been telling myself I'm fine because that can be really a slippery <laughs> slope saying I'm fine when we're not sort of looking at things and just opening up that door to explore. Okay. There is something coming up for me around that. And, and, and to not have any shame or guilt, um, to go to therapy, like it just, because you're going to therapy doesn't mean that there's something wrong with you. That's right. You yeah. know, it's like, no, like you're perfectly fine. Like, yes, we, again, going back to like, we're human beings being human. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. So if yeah. someone, you know, someone's out there and they haven't really begun the decluttering process there, um, yeah. where do you begin? Yeah. I mean, I think I usually talk about people going in at the pain points. So it's mm -hmm. usually something like feeling depleted a lot of the time is such a, like, usually that happens because we have patterns yeah. in place that are not honoring our energy levels. And some of those patterns are usually connected to limiting beliefs. Like you've got to hustle for your worth. I know we talked about the whole people pleasing one, um, or that you're going to be abandoned, that you're not enough, you're too much. I mean, there's all these different yep. limiting beliefs we can carry that cause us to say yes to things we don't want to be saying yes to, but mm -hmm. there's that fear-based thing that pushes that forward. So pain points can be a really helpful way to go in. Mm -hmm. Depletion, resentment, irritability, mm -hmm. um, feeling like you can't stop, that you must be productive. You have to earn rest yeah. time. Those are all different ways, I think, that people are engaged in limiting beliefs. So if people will go in at the pain points and just start to observe. Yep. I love tracking. I think tracking is really mm -hmm. helpful the simpler, the better. And so you, really, it's just a matter of jotting in your phone yeah. a time that you noticed you were feeling any of these pain points. And I listed a few, but it can be others, of course. But it, let's say somebody's like, oh, I feel really depleted. And I feel depleted at three o'clock in the afternoon because my morning is go, 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 go. And I don't yes. pause at all or whatever it is that you start yep. to recognize. And then start to track. Oh, I notice I'm feeling depleted. Date time what happened right before and just start yeah. to track that and they can give you some patterns that you can start to then have some ideas of how to interrupt yeah and not to judge it just observe like okay. as if you're this like person looking in right that's like, right oh i just noticed that you got frustrated like okay all right yeah no that's and it's, right yeah it's uh again it's okay like we're we're human beings that were made with all these emotions. The mm -hmm. emotions are, they're there for a reason. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like anger tells you something. Uh, depression tells you sadness, like frustration. Like it's there to tell you something. That's right. That's right. Yeah. And I think what you were sort of highlighting is such an important part, not to judge, yeah. just to observe. And I think, yeah. you know, when I do, especially when I do retreats, but probably when I do any of the work that I do with people, I'm always sharing some of my own stories and what I've learned along the way. And not even, oh, I learned it mm. in the past and now I'm all good now. So I'm going to tell you how yeah. I've overcome all these problems. But even, you know, some of the ups and downs I'm experiencing in real life, and I'll share some of that. And I, I think my intention behind that is to really say, just because I'm a therapist and a personal development coach does not mean that I'm done with this. And yeah, so yeah. <laughs> the more I can put it out there and not feel yeah. my own pressure 
to yeah. like hold that back. I need to present a certain way because <laughs> I want people to believe in my ability to help them by somehow suggesting that I'm done growing. Yeah. So, oh gosh, yeah. no. Yeah. I know that's like what I love most about life is like yeah. there's always that opportunity to grow. Mm-hmm. And even too, I was just thinking like, I mean, how easy is it? Would it be? We would think like, you know what? I can't handle all this. I'm just going to go, you know, crawl into a cave and be by myself. That's mm-hmm. easier. Mm-hmm. But it really, the key is like to be in the world, but not of it. Right. Yeah. In these relationships, we're all like you to connect, like you said, like in your bio, it's like individually and collectively. Mm-hmm. And so that you have this like nice, harmonious life, not perfect, right. but harmonious, where yeah. you're just, you're true to yourself mm-hmm. and you're detached from anyone's opinions of like, you know, all of that. Yeah. Just yeah. taking that pressure off of yourself to just be. It's yeah. Like, oh. Yeah. And the more I think that we make that be the way we see humans in our culture. Oh, it's like the more people can say, you know what? I'm feeling depleted. I'm, I'm not going to join for that or whatever it is. Like, I feel like people are hesitant to say something like that because they feel often people, excuse me, may feel that they are not seen in the best light if they say they're too tired for something, but then- What if we make that more a part of how we talk to people and say, yeah. I'm going to sit this one out because I need to catch my breath. And yeah. that gives us all permission to take better care of ourselves. And I personally feel like we're all craving authenticity, just just yeah. real, just truth. Like, just, yeah. oh gosh, like sometimes like you scroll on Instagram and it's all great. Like even my own, mm-hmm. like, you're so happy and wonderful, and but it's not that always like that. Right. And of course, I mean, sometimes we're not going to, you know, be scrolling through and seeing someone bawling their eyes out. <laughs> but, right. But we all know that we all experience that. We've all yeah. bawled our eyes out, you know, we've That's all right. gotten through some of those things. And I think it's just getting through it all together. Yeah. Knowing that we're all okay. It's yeah. We're not alone. I mean, it goes back to that whole why both of us have gotten so much from the group experience that, that, yeah, you're not alone is such a, it's such a privilege really to be connecting to people on that deep in that deep intimate way because it isn't the norm. And I don't know that it should be the norm exactly, but we could have a little bit more of that in the regular. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So. So where can we find you? Mm. So uh, my website is probably the best place to come. I've got that documentary that you saw. And soon I'm going to have this animation that I had made to explain energetic clutter. And I'm I'm really excited about that. Really proud of that. And so that's going to be there soon. So stay tuned. Um, it's my name. My uh, website is my name, Tanya Cole hyphen Lesnick. But because it's a bit of a tricky name, I actually do have clearenergeticclutter.com is another way you can get there. So, yeah. I love it. And then you've got, um, you've got one-on-one coaching sessions, right? Group, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. Now is a silly question. Is group always in person or do you ever offer? I do all virtual actually these days. Yeah. Since COVID kind of change how we did things. And honestly, I had been longing for a long time to be able to have that kind of freedom where I could work with people around the world. So I love that. That is so cool. Yeah. 
So individual and group are virtual. And then I do in-person retreats and I'm growing that. I had done two a year and I'm just partnering with somebody in addition to the person. So I do these deep reset retreats and I'm also going to do some more lighter, funner, um, well, I shouldn't say funner because the other's fun too, but just a little <laughs> bit lighter, a little bit more messy, creative stuff and do oh, about that. six retreats in a year is what I'm growing towards. Wow, so, you yeah. go girl. Yeah. But you know what too? It does make it easier. It relieves more time for us when you can do these virtual um, you mm-hmm. know, sessions, right? Mm-hmm. It relieves yeah. more time in our day to be able to do workshops and retreats and things yeah. like that. That is so yeah. cool. So I have a bag of questions. I was telling you, I started doing this at the end of um, every interview. So I'm going to pull a question from the bag. Okay. See what we got here. Oh, what life lesson did you learn the hard way? I mean, it's probably the one that I was sharing about just the loneliness and feeling unlovable and all of that. I mean, going through a period where it was really painful. I mean, that's what led to that healing time in my life. But it really can be, the pain can be the best teachers for all of us. So, yeah. So I would say that probably. Yeah, I'm the same. I, I would say it's probably what I shared about the abandonment issue that I've had, which was all connected to the people pleasing and the perfectionism. Yeah. yeah, And yeah. uh, yeah. And it's interesting how a lot of that stuff just fell away, but it was a hard, hard lesson to learn. Good God. Decades. Yeah. Until it uncovered. Yeah. And I'm just, I'm having a thought too, because I'm thinking, well, that was more than 30 years ago. Can't I offer something a little bit more recent? (laughs) And so actually what's coming to mind is Having made that documentary, when I made that documentary, I was actually working for somebody else at the time, but I was really Mm -hmm. wanting, I had, I used to be a graphic designer before I became a therapist and I had really neglected some of my design Uh, interests. So creativity. Yeah. And so doing that project led to me leaving, working for that other person, going back out on my own and then finding my way in this kind of new way of doing therapy. And now I'm moving towards doing more coaching because it's just a lot more freedom with that and allowing myself to connect to some of these creative things. So I think it was going from being in the zone of excellence, which was, Mm -hmm. I was doing a great job. I was working in this place that I valued a lot. It was sort of a dream Mm -hmm. job for me, but realizing there was something more about connecting more fully to myself. And that's where my zone of genius lies. And so to make almost like leave something good so that I can better. Yeah. 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 What's that uh, saying? A comfort zone is a beautiful place, but nothing ever grows there. I haven't heard that one. Yeah. 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 So you kind of, you had to get uncomfortable a little bit, get outside of that nice comfort zone. Yeah, yeah, been there, done that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I know yeah. now for me, I almost feel like I, I get uncomfortable with being too comfortable. <laughs> yeah, like, you know problem? to question yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think like a like a little potted plant, you know, right? Like so that plant's not gonna grow if it stays in that little pot. Like you have to re 
replant it right into a larger pot so it can grow. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. Tanya's growing. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> thank yeah. you so much. You're awesome. Oh, thank you, Wendy. This is really fun to talk oh, through I all this. It. I'll have to come to one of your retreats. Yeah, that would be amazing. I would Great. love that. Yeah. Oh. All right. Thank you, everyone. Have a great day. Did this podcast inspire you, challenge you, trigger you to make a change or spit out your coffee laughing? Good. Then there are three ways you can thank me. Number one, you can leave a written review of this podcast on Apple iTunes. Number two, you can take a screenshot of the episode and share it on the social media and tag me, Wendy Valentine. Number three, share it with another midlifer that needs a makeover. You know who I'm talking about. Thank you so much for listening to the show. Get out there and be bold, be free, be you.